Hi, this is Alana Terry. Welcome to Season 5 of the Unabridged Christian Fiction Audiobook Podcast, bringing you some full and complete and unabridged Christian fiction audiobooks to keep you encouraged and inspired. This season's audiobook is called What Dreams May Come and is narrated by Pamela Lawrence, written by me, Alana Terry, and sponsored by our COVID-19 fundraiser. So what we're doing is taking some of my ebook novels and I've bundled them up as a pay-what-you-can product with a portion of all royalties going to support local relief efforts for COVID-19. If you want to be involved in this fundraiser, it's going to be for a limited time. You can check it out at alanaterry.com novels. And now enjoy today's episode of the Unabridged Christian Fiction Audiobook Podcast. Chapter 12 So, tell me, Scott, have you gotten back in touch with your friend in Washington? Sandy pulled Tupperware out of the fridge while Wung set the table. Scott sat across from his pastor and stared at the lazy Susan in front of him. No, haven't heard anything. He didn't like the way his voice sounded flat, didn't like the sense of finality he heard in his own words. Sandy clucked her tongue. Well... Maybe it's all for the best. God's got his plans, we know that much. Scott nodded absently. Carl and Sandy had followed his unorthodox romance from the beginning, starting with that first phone call. Of course, he and Susanna hadn't talked about any sort of relationship at the time, but Scott spent the entire next week trying and failing to get her out of his mind. He couldn't talk to anyone at the Kingdom Builder's home office, There weren't specific rules against falling in love with potential recruits, but he doubted he'd be encouraged to pursue anything with Susanna, on account of her age, if nothing else. He'd met lots of girls over the years, Bible college was full of them, and he'd had a few casual relationships that never seemed to go anywhere. Some potential dates ended up intimidated by his single-minded focus for world missions. It sounded romantic, traveling 48 weeks out of every year and ministering to missionaries across the globe. But when it came right down to it, most girls he met were interested in a more traditional way of life. Steady job, two kids, nice house in the suburbs, a dog or two thrown in for good measure. During his first few years on the field, Scott felt uneasy, unsettled, asking God when his time would come to meet the woman he could spend the rest of his life with. Finally, he grew to accept and even appreciate the single lifestyle. He meditated often on Paul's words, how an unmarried Christian can remain focused and devoted to the Lord instead of always worrying about pleasing their spouse. He could have remained contentedly single for the rest of his life. Until he met Susanna. She wasn't on social media. Her family was conservative by just about every definition of the word. And she was still so young. He hadn't even known what she looked like when he stumbled through that first awkward confession. Two months after their initial phone interview, two months of daily emails and nearly daily conversations by phone, and Scott finally had to tell her the truth. 
tell her that he was falling in love with her, that he wanted to meet her. She hadn't said that she loved him back, and he didn't ask her to. Her mom was strict, cautious about her daughter's long-distance relationship with someone she'd never met. Scott wasn't supposed to know, but her mom had called one of his supervisors at work to make sure that Susanna hadn't been talking to a serial killer or sex offender or pathological liar. Even once it became known around the home office that Scott was in some sort of unofficial relationship with one of the summer internship recruits, it had been Carl and Sandy he talked to most. I've never met another woman like her. Scott had said, and Carl never once brought up the fact that technically he still hadn't met her. At some point after his confession, he and Susanna started exchanging snail mail in addition to the daily emails and phone calls. That's when he finally received his first picture of her. He'd carried it to Carl and Sandy's house to proudly display Nobody at the home office told him to give up on his relationship with Susanna, but his well-meaning co-workers didn't understand, didn't get how two people who'd never seen each other could know each other that deeply, could love each other that sincerely. Susanna had mailed him a copy of her senior photo. She had written a verse from Psalms on the back. My soul yearns even faints for the courts of the Lord. Sandy had gushed, had fawned over those large brown eyes, the long golden hair. Carl patted him on the back and congratulated him. Scott was no longer in love with just a voice. His angel now had a face. It was just a month or two later that he called her mom to ask if he could fly out to visit. Mrs. Peters was getting ready for her own wedding, said the timing was wrong, asked him to wait patiently, reminded him that she still wanted her daughter to keep from giving away her heart. As if someone as loving and compassionate as Susanna could withhold her affection. He'd tried again over Easter break. Things had settled down. Susanna's mom was married, and they'd all moved in with her new husband. Now that she didn't have the stress of planning a wedding on her shoulders, Susanna's mom was warm and hospitable when she invited him out for a visit. It would have been perfect if the Kremlin hadn't tightened their anti-prostolatizing laws and sent everyone from the Russian field into a dizzying tailspin. Scott was needed in Moscow, then Petersburg. The Washington trip was postponed again. And again. He should have realized it was God's hand all along, but he was too stubborn. Maybe if he had backed off earlier, he wouldn't be hurting so much right now. Just five days before he was due to fly out last August, Susanna's mom was killed in a car crash. At first, he tried to change his tickets so he could leave immediately, stay by Susanna's side during those first tumultuous grief-stricken days, but she told him she needed time with her family. So he stuck to the original plan. And then, just 12 hours before his flight was scheduled to take off, she called him. He could tell from her voice she'd been crying. 
His arms ached with the longing to wrap her up and shield her from her pain and trauma. He was ready to comfort her, ready to pour out all his love on her, to walk through this tragedy by her side. But she told him to wait, said something about her sister not doing well, telling him it wasn't a good time for him to come visit after all. He should have gone. Even now, he wondered what might have changed if he'd followed his gut, the part of him that knew she longed to be with him as much as he yearned to be with her. But he figured they'd already waited so long. What could a few more days hurt? And then she'd called the afternoon of her mom's funeral. He was so blinded by his own foolish dreams. Otherwise, he might have been prepared. I can't see you she'd said. At first, he thought maybe her stepdad was the problem. It wasn't like Derek had played any major role in her life. They'd only shared a house for a few months at the time of her mother's death. But it wasn't Derek. I made my mom a promise, she explained. He should have seen it coming. Instead, her words rattled him as much as a 300-foot drop on a transatlantic flight that was the last time he'd spoken with Susanna Wesley Peters, the woman he loved, the woman whose engagement ring sat in a box on his nightstand, the woman he'd planned to propose to. Chapter 13 The good Lord will raise you up on eagles' wings, he will cover you with his feathers and offer you his comfort once more. Comfort. What kind of comfort could Susanna expect after all she'd been through? Grandma Lucy was still going strong, without offering any hint that she was getting tired or preparing to wind down her speech. The Lord is faithful. And he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion. It was a verse Susanna had been thinking about a lot lately. Carry it on to completion. Well, maybe for some people. Strong believers like Grandma Lucy, who spent most of their lives on the mission field serving God. Or Scott, with his passion for the lost guiding everything he did. Susanna might have been like that. She wanted to be like that. Wanted to have the same kind of faith that would sustain her as she traveled to the remotest parts of the world, following God wherever his spirit might lead. But she'd made a promise. A promise she refused to break. A promise that would dictate the rest of her life. God... I'm so sorry for complaining. I hate that I'm being so disrespectful. A promise. A promise she'd been happy to give when her mom was healthy. When the future was bright. When it seemed like Susanna would have decades ahead of her. Decades of freedom, adventure, love. Why did you have to take her away so soon? Susanna prayed as the uninvited, ugly thought she'd been fighting crept up into her consciousness. It shouldn't have been Mom. It was a hideous thought, 
a hideous thing to wish. But there it was, staring her in the face like a gangrene infection. It should have been Mom. She let out a choppy breath as Grandma Lucy recited the familiar passage from Isaiah. Those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. Over the course of her life, Susanna's mom had made her memorize dozens, probably hundreds of Bible verses. Learning scripture was as regular a part of the family routine as praying before meals or practicing math facts every day. Her mom was so strong in the faith, Susanna still remembered how strange she'd felt as a little girl the first time she heard her mom cry. Susanna was five or six, and they had just pulled into the garage after gymnastics classes. Susanna jumped out and stood watching while her mom helped her sister out of her car seat. Mom, how old was I when I started walking? Mom, somewhat distracted, answered, I don't know, hon, around a year? Susanna crossed her arms, watched the familiar sight of Mom unbuckling Kitty, making sure not to tangle the seatbelt around her. Well, how old's Kitty gonna be when she learns to walk? Mom stopped and stared at her. Had she asked something wrong? Unease and a hint of unexplained embarrassment warmed Susanna's tummy, and she tried to think of what she could say to cover over any mistake she might have made. I mean, I was just wondering, because I was thinking she always smiles so big at gymnastics that I think she'll like it when she gets old enough to do it herself. Mom sighed. That's why we take her to physical therapy. You know that, babe. Susanna frowned. Yeah, but... Mom shushed her with a quick, We'll talk about this inside. And Susanna clammed up instinctively. Automatically, still unable to erase the strange shame in her belly. Later that afternoon, while Kitty was napping and Susanna was helping mix some chocolate chip cookie batter, Mom said, Now, about your question earlier... Susanna's cheeks heated. She could tell her curiosity had somehow hurt Mom's feelings. She stared into the bowl. Stir, mix, stir. There's something you need to know about Kitty. Mom was using the same reverent tone she used when she talked about God or Jesus or the Bible or Daddy up in heaven. Stir, mix, mix. Kitty's a really special girl. Suddenly excited that she could now relate to this somewhat strange conversation, Susanna piped up. I know. She's the happiest little angel in the world. Isn't that what you said Daddy used to call her, his little angel? Mom smiled, but it was full of sadness. Susanna could feel the heaviness from it soak into her own body. Mix. Stir. Mix. That's right. That's what Daddy used to call her. And there's a good reason for that. I know that, too. Susanna was proud to have the answers for a change. 
He called her his angel because she loves God so much. Like how she smiles so big every time you sing her hymns. Hey, I have an idea. When she wakes up, maybe we can play the piano and we'll have a sing-along. Mom sighed. Maybe, but right now your sister needs her rest. That's what I'm trying to tell you. There it was, that heaviness again. Stir, stir, mix. Kitty's not as strong as you are. That's why she takes extra naps each day, and why she drinks her special formula instead of having big girl food like you. Susanna frowned. I thought she just liked it better. She glanced up at Mom and then back at the bowl. Mix, mix, mix. Mom rubbed Susanna's back. Kitty's such a special little angel. She's not going to be able to walk, or go to gymnastics, or eat cookies like you do. Well, I know that. I'm just talking about later, once she gets bigger and can do those things then. Won't it be fun? Mom let out a little cough. What had Susanna done wrong? Mom was still rubbing her back, as if she could erase the stains of Susanna's misspoken words. Your sister isn't ever going to be big enough. She's always going to need someone to help her. She's always going to need someone to take care of her. Susanna felt the heaviness surrounding her. Not the heaviness of Mom's words, but of her entire being. Her mom was tired. For the first time in her life, Susanna realized that. Mom isn't as strong as she looks. It's okay, Mom. When I'm big enough, I'll help you take care of Kitty. She thought she was doing the right thing. Her promise was supposed to make Mom proud, but instead... She turned and walked slowly out of the kitchen. Mom went into the bedroom, but even shutting the door and running the shower water wasn't enough to muffle the sound of her stifled sobs. Thanks again for listening to the Unabridged Christian Fiction Audiobook Podcast. This has been What Dreams May Come by me, Alana Terry, narrated by Pamela Lawrence. This season of the Unabridged Christian Fiction Audiobook Podcast is sponsored by our fundraiser for COVID-19 relief work, which you can find out about more when you go to alanaterry.com slash novels. This page will have a link to our fundraiser for as long as it runs. I hope and pray that you stay safe and healthy. I want to thank you again for listening, and we'll talk to you real soon.